Welcome, fellow lighting nerds and friends, to another episode of The Light Files, the lighting industry's podcast, powered by the Lighting Showroom Association and hosted by me, Lisa Bartlett. Thank you for tuning in again um, for another episode of the podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, share the podcast, tell an industry colleague. Um, I really appreciate your listening and support. And um, thanks to those of you who stopped me in Dallas last week to say you appreciate the podcast. I appreciate you for taking the time to do that. If you ever want me to talk about anything on in a future episode or have any content suggestions for me, I would certainly love to hear it. And I would also just love to hear your feedback in general. So um, you can find the podcast on Instagram at Light Files. Um, you can message me there, send an email, whatever works best for you. So probably unsurprisingly, this episode will be a bit of a, a market recap, just some key takeaways or interesting things to note <laughs> from the uh, uh, just concluded uh, January Lightovation in Dallas. First of all, the Lighting Showroom Association did have an award up for grabs. It was the inaugural Best Brick and Mortar Supporter Award for Merchandising Display. We had four manufacturer partners who elected to participate in the program. They were Capital, Europhase, Hinkley, and Veraluz, and they put together displays um, showing, like showcasing their products and also, um, tools and tips and items they use to merchandise the displays. Um, they were really great. You can see all of them on the Lighting Showroom Association Instagram, which is LSA members on Instagram. Um, and I'm delighted to announce that the winner was Veraluz. Congratulations. It, they did a great job, not just of merchandising the space, but of providing information where they sourced all the materials. So um, if you wanted to replicate the entire vignette or parts of it in your own showroom, it was super easy to do so. So thank you to all who participated, but a big congratulations to Vera Luz for winning the inaugural brick and mortar support, best brick and mortar supporter for merchandising display at the uh, 2023 uh, Lightovation, January Lightovation. A big uh, topic of conversation at market was market dates. <laughs> it was, um, for those of you who didn't attend or perhaps you managed to not to notice, but the um, home and gift market had concluded by the time Lightovation began so there was uh, the <laughs> the trademark did have a very empty feeling because down on the first floor, there weren't all the temporaries and exhibits set up. Um, and there was just a lot less foot traffic in general um, in the buildings because the the main, sh or, you know, the concurrent show had concluded and then ours began uh, right after. So it was just a little bit of a different experience. I do think it was a good call to have uh, Lightovation the week it was um, in that uh, nobody, I think, would have been real happy to have to do it the week before, um, but the home and gift people made it happen. Um, so maybe it would have been fine. But um, so that was just a little bit of a, a hiccup or a headache um, to, for those that shop both markets, you either had to arrive early and stay longer or, um, 
like Kirsten and her team, they ended up coming to market early uh, for the Arts Awards, uh, which they won. Congratulations and congratulations to all the Arts Awards winners, most of whom are LSA members. So congrats to everyone who won an award and even just for being nominated. It's such a big deal. So um, I appreciate you all for being such industry leaders. But uh, Kirsten and her team were uh, in Dallas and then took off for Atlanta to go shop there after. And, uh, you know, part of that's why partly the market dates were moved so that the home and gift wouldn't be right on top of the Atlanta market. I heard varying opinions on this, uh, you know, who cares if they overlap one another, um, what not. <laughs> I do think in general, people were a little bummed about the lack of other shopping and buying opportunities and just kind of the lack of energy um, that the space felt because there wasn't the other um, activity going on. But it's my understanding that come next year, this is all resolved. So um, it was just a one-year hiccup. Um, I did notice, let's see, if you get my own off-the-cuff um, thoughts on attendance, I would say it was a well-attended market, but it is not a January market of old. And uh, let's say, let's call that more like pre-pandemic, post-recession, pre-pandemic. Uh, those January markets, it would quite literally be impossible to move around a lot of showrooms. Um, the, <laughs> sometimes you had to wait your turn to try to get up to view a light fixture, especially if it was a great new introduction. Um, there was none of that going on. There was plenty of activity, lots of people, but not um, not how it used to be. So I'm, I'm kind of starting to wonder if those days are just done for us and market attendance is still very important and people will always be going. But um, if maybe people are more selective or um, their time at markets are shorter, maybe they just come in for just literally a day or two, see their key vendors and depart instead of it being, um, you know, a four or five day ordeal. So it was just interesting to see how market attendance and activity is shifting all that said, uh, the anecdotal evidence I heard from manufacturers was that the market went well, was going well, um, that, you know, orders were being placed. So I take that all as good signs. I know um, there was a lot of uh, interest to see how this market was going to go, especially on the manufacturer side. I think many of us are concerned about the economy and where the general economy is headed. I did note that a lot of introductions were pretty conservative. There were a few exceptions that had um, some really great, deep, interesting uh, introductions, um, but there was a lot of conservative introductions too, almost like more what you would see at a June market um, where there's like an alternate finish or a line expansion um, and not so much going into deep, new, uncharted territory with different products. So I'm just going to call it generally conservative releases by most manufacturers. I feel like they brought in products that they were really confident would be successful, um, that would sell through, um, but nobody was really trying to do something that crazy, that outlandish, that, you know, you know, really pushing trends and boundaries. And that's okay. Uh, I think we all appreciate good sellable product, so that's fine. But um, there were a few showrooms that I walked through that 
it was almost hard to spot the new product. <laughs> you know how that can be in a June where it's just an expansion or different finish. And you're like, I know you've told me there's new stuff in here, but I'm not seeing it right off the bat because it you know, looks like what you've already seen before. So I had just had a good bit of that experience as I was walking around. Um, again, there were exceptions to that, but by and large, I would say most of the introductions were conservative, um, especially as we head into 2023, still being a bit uncertain, but again, having good uh, market attendance. And I would say it was solid, even though I you know, said it wasn't like overwhelming. I would say it was definitely solid market attendance. Um, it seemed like people were pretty positive and upbeat about the future. A few comments about you know, things did slow down even more than normal in November, December. I heard that from manufacturers and showrooms alike. Um, but that's not, it wasn't across the board. It definitely seemed like localized in different areas of the country. Um, but that, that was a thing that a lot of people experienced. So definitely there's just some hedging of bets, just making sure we don't overdo it going into 2023. And, and I totally appreciate that while things might still be kind of strong in my part of the world. Uh, does that mean in Q2, they will still be as strong and maybe slowdowns that affected other people earlier will catch up to me, which is typically how the world seems to operate that the Southeastern United States is a few months behind what is happening in other parts of the country. So, you know, just everything good, everything solid, relatively strong, nothing outrageous, just a good quality market, good quality introductions, nothing, again, outlandish, but but here we are. Um, there are just a few other things I wanted to note. Um, if you didn't notice, I mean, I think everyone has received the emails, um, about the visual comfort, you know, rebranding and the combination with uh, circle lighting. Well, those of you who like to internet sleuth a little bit, uh, may have noticed that, um, their social media accounts have been combined. So visual comfort and circa are now all combined under the visual comfort social media, um, so Circa does not exist anymore on Instagram. If you go to the internet and you type in circalighting.com, it immediately redirects you to Visual Comfort & Co. Um, and if you go on Visual Comfort & Co. where to buy, like showrooms, the only showroom locations listed on the Visual Comfort website are the Circa locations. So if you're a distributor for Visual Comfort, you do not appear Um at least not at this moment in time. <laughs> so it has happened. Let's all see how it plays out. We knew it was coming for several months. Um, the rebrand has happened. They have merged into one uh, vertical channel of um, manufacturing and showrooms. So um, we'll see what happens from here. I know there's, you know, we all know there's other brands that also operate showrooms. The easiest example that comes to mind is um, Savoy House with progressive lighting and Lee lighting. I believe there's one other that I'm forgetting, Charleston lighting, I believe. Um, so, the, you know, they're not the only ones. Um, so far, uh, you know, Savoy House hasn't integrated um, its brand with all the showrooms under one giant umbrella. Maybe they're keeping an eye on the visual comfort <laughs> transition and seeing how that works. But I, um, I suspect they will be more apt to keep things uh, independent in the way that they are now. 
Um, but it sh- it was really interesting to see all that happen and the 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 switch flip. <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm just keeping an eye on it. The original Circa lighting. Well, I guess Visual Comfort and Co. now is here in Savannah, Georgia, where I live. Um, I'm definitely going to ride by in the next few days and see if the signage on the outside of the building has uh, been updated. Um, but yeah, it's just a not a huge shift, you know. Again, we all knew this was coming. They've been laying the groundwork for it for some quite some time, so I don't expect there'll be any immediate impact to most of us. But um, I'll just be interested to keep an eye on this one too and see how it plays out in the world at large. Um, the other thing that came up a bit at market um, is data. So I will say I went to enter um, my. Uh, Hinkley order from market. And I was pleased to discover all of the new products that I ordered um, already in my uh, Lights America database. So the point of that being um, new product introductions and already available through Lights America or ExoLogic, whoever you use, which has always been a big sticking point in this podcast that if you're going to go to market and introduce new products, the data feed into those platforms along with pictures and dimensions and everything should immediately be available before we even set foot at Lightovation. So at least for the one manufacturer, I had time to check <laughs> the products were there. Um, so I took that as a good sign that we're heading in the right direction with our data. There are still some issues, you know, um, Somebody pointed out to me that a manufacturer's data feed um, lists everything as LED, even though that product isn't integral. It is like, you know, basically they're trying to say can accept LED light bulbs, you know, like candelabra, medium base LED bulbs, which is, you know, everything. So it is, but it does lead to this like kind of mass confusion about, okay, so are you saying it's integral LED? Or are you saying it ships with the lamps? Or in this case, it just appears to be saying you can put LED light bulbs into these sockets. <laughs> so it's just a touch confusing. <laughs> but all in all, I will say data does seem to be moving better, quicker, um, a little bit more um, cohesive and comprehensive than it has been in the past. So those are all good things. Perhaps our voices are being heard. So I'm excited for that. Uh, in terms of technology and data, I am also really delighted to announce that the augmented reality and 3D program got a lot of really good feedback at market. We have three manufacturers participating currently, Capital, Savoy House, and Veroluz. Um, the products are live. They're active. We tested several of the models at market. I had a really great time in the Capital showroom with Liz Townsend playing with their models and holding the models up to the actual fixture on display. It was really great. We got some really great feedback on how to make the whole platform work better. So I'm super excited to implement some of those changes and have even more manufacturers join on board. Uh, many showrooms asked me, how do we get more product in the models and uh, augmented reality and 3D models? And I said, really, at this point, team, we just have to be asking the manufacturers for it, let them know that there's value in this, that it is proving to be a good return on investment. It is a somewhat expensive program, 
But um, if a manufacturer through each of their showroom partners just sells three more fixtures in an entire year because of their investment in this, it will be absolutely worth the um, money put in. Um, It is really, really amazing to test this out in person and watch it grow. Um, If you want to learn more, please reach out to me. For showrooms, if you're not, if you're listening to this and you're not yet an LSA member, it's just $50 a month to be a member and you will have this tool right away on your Lights America or EXO website. It is truly amazing. If you use a third party platform, we can get that integration done nice and easy with little to no expense. So it's, it's really awesome. And I was delighted to see, um, so much interest and positivity around the program and we're going to keep on with it and hopefully it'll grow and grow and just become the best selling tool that you have in your pocket outside of your outstanding sales team. Um, just another way that they can do what they do easier, better, more efficiently. The topic I want to close with, also related to markets, is um, a news article that came out in Dallas at the very, very end of 2022. Um, Let's see, the date I think on it was December 29th. Um, 2022, there was a couple uh, listings in, um, I believe it was mostly in uh, the Dallas Morning News. But uh, Crow Holdings, which is the company that um, uh, owns the Dallas Market, Dallas Market Center complex, they have um, uh, enlisted a firm, an, an architect, to do a mixed-use development master plan for the property that would include lots and lots and lots of construction on the DMC campus, um, which is, uh, stretches across 40 acres. Um, so it's a really big, (laughs) really big property. Um, so it's 40 acres and four buildings. Um, and then of course, as we know, millions of visitors a year, but the, um, what would happen if they proceed with this is that the market hall, which is the um, building uh, across the street from the trademark, it would be um, torn down and redeveloped entirely. And um, the, it said the, lar- the article says the largest market center buildings would remain. So I assume that would mean the World Trade Center and the trademark would remain. And then they would develop the entire property around it um, to have like mixed use, um, condos, offices, um, everything all kind of at once or, you know, in one place there, um, uh, you know, their idea was that this is the way that Dallas itself is growing. Um, the dart is right there. So it, it does make a lot of sense. Um, it, the quote in the article from Cindy Morris, the CEO of the DMC, her quote is those, these types of studies are handled by our owners, Crow Holdings. I know they have looked at different options over the years for redevelopment of the land across Market Center Boulevard from DMC. And then the CEO of Crow Holdings, his name's Michael Levy, said that the plans are just to show the potential of the property. There's no specific plans at this time to do anything, although one day that will change. So just an interesting development there that in the likely not too distant future, um, the owners of the DMC property are going to look to put it under massive construction and redevelop the area. I would 
be very, very excited to see what changes that brings to market. Um, good, bad, the other way, <laughs> who knows? Um, I just think it could be really, really interesting and um, probably something that's needed for the area. I stayed this last market as I have for the last couple at the Virgin Hotel, which is walkable from the DMC, but um, anyone who's you know, been on Stemmons Freeway knows it's, you know, maybe not the, you know, you don't want to go <laughs> running down there at nine o'clock at night by yourself. So it's just, um, it, it's a, a fine area, but I think it could definitely be, um, redeveloped and used in a better way for the city. And I wonder if that would have good impact for us as market attendees. Um, would it have a negative impact having that much, you know, live, work, play space right there? Would it be, more appealing to stay there for a longer period of time if there's so much stuff just right in that area. I don't know, but I found it to be interesting. I'm not really surprised by it. It is a big piece of property. Dallas is a growing uh, major metropolitan city. That that location is really convenient to a lot of things. Um, so I'll be interested to see how this plays out. I suspect this will happen. It's just the timeline that's going to be um, questionable. And I would like to see, you know, they, they definitely said the market hall would be de de demoed and that space redeveloped. I would be interested to see if that's where it stops or if they decide to further encroach on the market center buildings as they are now. I have no idea, but just interesting to follow. So stay tuned on that one. Well, I think that's it for my January Lightovation recap. It was a really good show. Um, again, I was able to get in, see everything I wanted to see, do everything I wanted to do with a, with a minimum of, uh, fuss or things going wrong or whatever. It seemed like travel was easy for the most part. The weather in Dallas was, uh, great. So it was, ended up being just overall a really good, easy trip. Um, and I look forward to going back in June and doing it all again. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You might notice a, a slight change in the release dates of the Light Files podcast. I'm looking at going to an every other Tuesday release, uh, but I don't want to make a huge announcement on that yet. So that's why I'm putting this at the tail end of the podcast. But if you are a loyal listener and listen to the end of every episode and wonder why um, I missed a week there... Um, this podcast is pretty time intensive to do, which seems crazy for the fact that it's only 20 to 30 minutes, but it does take a fair amount of effort, um, and coming up with topics. I'd rather put out, uh, a little fewer episodes and have higher quality content in each episode. So that is my goal for 2023. So you might only see these episodes every other Tuesday, but I'm going to deliver you the best pond content I possibly can every other Tuesday. Um, and if there's just something remarkable that happens or, um, something that I just desperately want to share, I will release episodes in between. So the way not to miss anything is to just stay subscribed. They'll show up in your news feed and let you know, or in your podcast feed and let you know every time there is a new episode to listen to. So thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate again, your support, and I will look forward to talking to you next time. Take care.